Day 21 in the counting of the Omer. Four weeks away from Shavuos, four weeks from tonight. Let's hope in this month, in this four-week period, we go from isolation to as much back to normal as possible. Let us hope and pray. Uh, one of the uh, gentlemen that we really uh, enjoyed checking in with, we always enjoy checking in with him, but especially now during this whole situation, is Charlie Harari. You can hear Charlie in his entirety with his broadcast uh, starting at 9 a.m., Unlocking Greatness, starting at 9 a.m. right after Jam and the AMs. If you're listening right now, obviously, don't touch that dial, as we like to say. Charlie will give a full 30-minute program. Unlocking Greatness coming up here at Jam and the AM. Uh, so that's going to be happening. Uh, but Charlie has been a um, has has always had interesting takes and um, interesting points of view when it comes to uh, when it comes to you know life in general. But now during this whole situation, it's been even more fascinating hearing what he has to say. By the way, his topic of Rami reminds me for today. Uh, Charlie at nine o'clock will discuss finding happiness. In a world of consumption, finding happiness in a world of consumption. Charlie Harari, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum, it's such an honor to be back with you. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate that. By the way, a lot of people uh, are under the impression that the more consumption, the more happiness. I have a feeling you might refute that coming up later on. Yeah, well, you have to wait. <laughs> I, I, would, I would think that's a pretty solid bet, but we'll talk about how and why. You, I might be on to something, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, has your philosophy changed at all? Tomorrow is going to be the eighth Shabbat. We're now at seven full weeks as of tomorrow uh, of this lockdown. You know, 50 days basically for the New Yorkers. Obviously, our friends listening in Europe have had it longer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we've spoken a couple of times during this whole thing. Has your philosophy changed at all? Are you, I don't know, more impatient? Are you, uh, are, are you more... Uh, confident in your and other people's abilities to really start getting back to work now? Or is what you're thinking now really only philosophical? When it comes to the practical, you're leaving it up to the experts and to our government officials. So I'm, I'm definitely not living, leaving it up to the experts. I mean, I've learned along the way that the experts are are well-intentioned at best. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine who's a doctor, an excellent doctor, um, who has given, basically, he's given up his, not his physical life, but he's put his life in danger for the past month. And at my level of respect to him has gone from like amazing to like not normal. And if you are a first responder, a doctor or a nurse, if you've been on the front lines, you're, you're a hero in my book. Yep. And, and at one point I said, asked him a question and he looked at me, he said to me, he goes, Charlie, I just don't know. And now for a doc, I'm a lawyer. So like to say, I don't know. Like a doctor and a lawyer, like come on, like that happens. Like one of us you know, has to a, know. Once a yo belt, they say. <laughs> like I don't know. Usually, it's like, well, it's complicated. I'll get back to you. Like it's a difficult medical. Like I don't know. Like, and he just like hands her up. I don't know. I, I think if there's one thing that I've learned from this is that even even if our even our experts have no idea, um, and and the reliance on them to to navigate us through the future to me has been. You know, I'm like cheering for them, but I'm not like expecting them to navigate us through anything anymore. Um, we only rely on God. Yep. He knows. Ain't, it'll be whatever he decides. Ain owed Milvado. Boy, are we learning that lesson this uh, through this episode, huh? Oh, yeah. Ain exactly owed right. Milvado. Uh, but, but so let me put it a different way. Um, see, I'm feeling a little bit of a change. Uh, mm -hmm. The fear was greater five weeks ago. The concern, yeah. the... 
the the um, the depression. And again, I'm not using that word in a in a, in a, a, a clinical sense, obviously. But the depression, all that. I I, I don't know. For some reason, uh, I'm getting the impression that both myself and others around me are feeling a little bit more confident, a little bit more raring to go. Has your mood changed over the last few weeks? Yeah, so I'll share with you, like, what's going on on the inside over here. And um, this may sound a little nuts, but, like, I guess, I, you know, this is why not between me and you and all your listeners just to sort of, to sort of open up. Um, my mood is I most definitely agree with you. I, I think the mood is we're seeing light. The numbers now, thank God, I hope it continues our, our sort of we feel like we're on the down of that peak. Um, and we, we definitely, I think I feel, and I'm seeing and feeling around is that there's definitely a sense of excitement. But what I am feeling also is that there's going to be a moment when we come out of this, when we look back at the time that we were here, and I'm worried that I'm going to look back and go, I didn't take advantage of it. Wow. We're going to go back to shul, and I know what's going to happen is it's going to be amazing for the first day. I'm going to be back in my seat. I'm going to be going on the pace of the Shadok Tibor. I'm going to go, I was in my house alone, and I could have davened in a much deeper, quieter, slower way. I'm going to be on an airplane going, wait, wait, wait. I was in my house for a month, and I could have taken advantage of being connected to my family more. And what I'm feeling now is that this is an opportunity for us that we're in right now. And as opposed to, like, waiting by the door with, like, one foot ready to bounce, I'm wondering that the real goal is to turn around and go, mm-hmm. a lot of the fear is going away. It should continue. Everyone should be healthy and well. We should have no more negative surprises. But these are the moments where we have to take every single second that we're in and capitalize. Wow. Wow. We're, we're going to come back and regret it. What, what an important thing you're saying, because basically what you're saying is, you know what? We could excuse ourselves for the first few weeks, plus the Pesach craziness, which, you know, yeah. it was hard to prepare for Pesach, go through Pesach. You know, it was, it was difficult under mm-hmm. these circumstances. We could excuse ourselves for that. But now, as we are, you know, in a much calmer situation, we don't have a major Jewish holiday and every other day being Yuntif, you know, affecting us and all that. You know, and, and we have a little bit more quiet time, etc. Before we go back to normal or start going back to normal, here's our chance to really enhance the entire experience, whether it means enhancing it with our family, enhancing it, like you said, between us and God in terms of tefillah, etc. But I have to believe, and I'm going to use you as the example. I'm not going to say you uh, personally, but you generically. I'd have to believe that you, like so many, have had a much better davening experience over the last few weeks than you thought you would. Am, am I not right that you're happy with your davening experience of, of the last few weeks or not? I can tell you personally, and I know it's just me and you here listening, right? Like, it's weird. <laughs> I can tell you personally, it's been an entire, it, I felt, I feel like I am slowly opening up a part of my relationship with Hashem that I was never able to explore. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. I feel like I'm sitting on the couch with Hashem. Right. We're sitting together, and you said this to me also, quietly, I, I missed the, to- I missed the Chavra, I missed the Dom, I missed right. all of it. I want to go back to my life. I right. want my shul, I want my community. But it's like the difference between being outside with your family, and being inside with your family. You know what someone said to me, Charlie, and I know you're going to appreciate this like crazy. You may even use this in one of your future lectures, but someone said to me, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really soliciting okay. today. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really soliciting advisor role today. Um, <laughs> I, 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 someone said to me, 
that what they've learned from this experience is again what you just described: personal ability to you know to literally one on one be with God, speak to Him, etc. And they said when they go back to shul, they're going to make a. They're not going to miss minion. They're going to be a minion three times a day, like so many of us. And we discussed that you and I, you know, about the thank God how many people. Uh, today are at Minion three times a day, even people who are not involved in Jewish life the rest of the day. You know, they're involved in so many other things, but it's so wonderful. But anyway, he said because of what he's learned from this situation, he's now going to incorporate a a quiet time with God, meaning he's going to take on a commitment to read a certain amount of Tehillim each day and connect that way. So he'll have the shul experience, and at the same time, he's going to be saving this private home experience that he's had with God. And I thought that was beautiful and, frankly, a really practical piece of advice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I took on, and it's changed me. I set a time every day in the early mornings to have a, what's called an, and see this, it's a practice called his bodidus, right. where you spend time, and I sit and I have a, a conversation with Hashem, like I sit in my house with a cup of coffee, and me and I talk to like I'm like hi, good morning, Hashem. And it's in the beginning it feels weird that you're talking to Hashem, and then you remember that oh, isn't davening talking to Hashem? And you start to create an actual real relationship with the Boreolum. It's unbelievable. You know, Charlie, I don't even think Moshe Rabbeinu had coffee with God, as far as I know. <laughs> Listen, I mean, if, if, if Hashem loves me, he wants me to have coffee. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, he's my dad. He, he's going to want me to have a cup of coffee. So That's that true. He only wants the best for you. Exactly. He's going to be like, Charlie, why don't you get a cup of coffee? What's going on over here? Like, <laughs> how, long, how, long does, how long does that morning coffee conversation last with God, or does it depend on the morning? It depends on the morning. I, I started doing 10 minutes. I then almost immediately got up to 20, 25. What? And now you could do I that for 25 I minutes? Find, yeah. You, you, I'm telling you, try it. And for those who are listening, it's going to sound. The only reason why it sounds weird to us in a way is because we didn't grow up with it. If you go into like more Hasidic circles and even some of the, the more the people that are living in that world of Panemius, this is like standard for them. And I only figured this out between me and you because I did an interview with Nissan Black right. on, for H. Kodesh. Right. And he spoke about this. And I was like, what is he talking about? And, like, I always knew to do it. I was doing it in the car. I, always, I talk to him all the time. Right. I'm in a business meeting. I'm talking to him. I'm on the, but I'm always, like, doing, like the, like, the fist bumps. Like, how you doing? How are you? I'm so sorry. I love you. But I never, like, took 20 minutes. Who has 20 minutes? Like, who has 20 minutes? Right. But. If my chakras can start 10 minutes later and it's not the end of the world because I'm not missing a minion, right. and it's in my living, my diet, whatever, my room, so I'm not, you know, I'm a travel time. I'm like, let me, let me really take this seriously. So I sat down, I tell you honestly, for 10 minutes. In the beginning, it's weird. But then you're like, wait, I can talk out my stuff with him. Right. I can tell him how I feel. I it's, can tell him what I want. It's one of the reasons. kept on growing. I think it's one of the reasons why people get to shul early. Uh, number one, because they want to say all the early parts of davening, Adon Olam and Yigdal and Karbanos properly, which many of us never get to. And I think that, that also you'll sometimes see in shul people literally just meditating on, and, and an obvious you know, conversation, quote-unquote, with the one above. And by yeah. the, way, and one of the way, one of the things I'm really encouraged by, because uh, I'm proud that my family is a shul family uh, on a daily basis and that my kids are so makbit to always be there, etc. Um, one of the things I'm impressed by is the number of people that are saying, how could I ever be late for shul again? How can I, you yeah. know, I'm going to make a, com- yeah. a commitment. And again, for a lot of people, it's different things. Or people are always 15 minutes late, and now they're going to try their hardest, you know, to, to be there much earlier, whatever. Everyone has their challenges. 
Uh, not a, not not everyone's like my, my 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 father of blessed memory, you know, who was in shul a half hour before before brachas. You know, some people yeah. find it a real challenge, but people are are taking this on and, and understanding that there's how can I talk during davening ever again? Yeah. How can I ever speak from brachas to Adon Olam ever again in the shul when when God has shown us how seriously we miss the shul at this point? Yeah, that's exactly what was in my head. I'm thinking to myself, how did I have the gall to talk in shul? Even like, I, I, even before even davening, like you come into a shul and I say hello to the guy and I'm like, you know, you, you walk through the aisle, you slap and talk. I'm not really, I'm, right. not, I'm not making lights on this, but like right. you see people, how right. are you, how are you doing? You sit down after you're done. I'm thinking to myself, this is a shul and I miss it. And I miss being there. Like when, if we're Zoka to go back, I hope soon. Like I'm t- exactly, I'm telling myself, like, I gotta, I gotta really step up the game and recognize where I am and appreciate. And it's so much of our, our, you know, I was telling someone like, I miss people so much. Like I'm even willing to go to like school dinners now. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You're making the (laughs) ultimate commitment. You're you're making the ultimate sacrifice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, fine, there's a school dinner. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. Like, you know, I'll leave leave it stay till after the honorees get their awards. Exactly. I won't even say for the Schmorgan book out. Like, I'll really say and listen and, like, you really, like, say great to teachers. Like, and just give me something, anything that I have to go to where there's other Jews that I can say hello to. Like, and, and then if I'm still going to shake someone's hand, like, can you imagine, like, the gifts that we'll get? Like, maybe one day I can, like, give somebody a handshake and not worry about, like, you know, I've got, like, some virus. Like, yeah, and, and a pat on the back of it, and they won't jump like they're startled that someone touched exactly. them, you know? Someone said to me today, like shaking someone's hand is like punching someone in the face. You know, what I'm like someone said a hand, you're like, what's Mom-ish. wrong with you? It's unbelievable. It's so crazy how the, how the world has changed. It's really fun. You know, I said to wow. myself yesterday, I'm walking here, uh, literally across the street to go home. People know that I'm trying to be safe, but I am walking outside for that one purpose each day. And um, and and I'm and I'm and I say to myself, I remember walking through Chinatown. Months ago, and seeing people with masks because in, in the Asian communities, a lot of people wear masks all the time. You know, they they know what this stuff's all about, and they're very concerned about. It. And I said how unusual it looks, and how you know, wh- why would anyone ever do that to look like that in public? And then I'm saying to myself, look what I'm wearing, and look what every yeah. single person I see on the street is wearing. It's yeah. amazing how this world has changed so quickly for all of us. It's amazing. I had the exact same experience. I was on an airplane what, three months ago, four months ago now, and I come in. And as you know, they sit first class first. And I remember walking through first class because you got to go from first right. class, whatever. And I see a woman. I'll never forget this. And she's sitting at her chair, and she's got some kind of wipe. And she's wiping down her tray, and she's right. wiping down her screen. I'm thinking, right. calm down, lady. Like, right. what? Oh, and I'm thinking, like, what is wrong? Like, big deal. You touch a tray. And now I couldn't even imagine being on an airplane. I also have a without, friend. Like, it's a disinfectant thing. You know? I also have a friend that does that every time he walks onto a plane. And now I get it. Now I get it. And, and you know you'll be with your spray bottle on that plane <laughs> short, soon enough. <laughs> oh, it's so nuts. Oh, man. But you know the truth of the matter is, is that this is, I think, one of the most important lessons that I'm learning is that wherever God puts you, make the best of it. Be empowered because it'll change. And when it changes, you'll look back and go, why wasn't I? Like You see this all the time. Kids are in school. They want to get out of school. Yeah. They get into Israel. They want to get into college. They get into college. They want to get married. They get married. They want kids. Every single stage we're in, 
most of the time we do is we stand at the doorway and look out to the next stage. And when we get to the next stage, we look back and go, why wasn't I more focused on the earlier stage? And I have this internal sense that when this starts to ease and we can see the light now, Baruch Hashem, we're all going to look back and go, I know it's scary, like you said in the beginning. Right. And, then, and, and if people are dealing with health, then forget it. Just focus on health. But if, God forbid, if, if with God's help, we're in the house, and thank God, hopefully we stay healthy, we're going to look back. And so now is the time where people have to really step up, step in, not, not get discouraged, not wait to run before it's time and take advantage of every second you have during this period of time. Coming up three minutes from now, Charlie Harari with an in-depth look at finding happiness in a world of consumption. Thank you, my friends. Stay healthy. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Best to your family. And uh, we will speak again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you. It's always an honor to be on your show. Appreciate that. Charlie Harari with us. Proud to have him address everyone on one of his very interesting topics coming up in just a moment on Unlocking Greatness.